honestly, people cry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making that up, you know, because there's, I think there's a lot of things. It's a father and son and, and you'll see that in the trailer. But I think what people understand is how important this is. And, and it's like anything, look in this country right now, lots of really good things are coming under attack. And hunting is one of those things that honestly, once you understand it, whether you personally would want to kill an animal or not is, is not the point. You cannot come up with one negative thing about hunting. However, uh, probably about 85% of the country doesn't understand it, probably has a little bit more of a negative view than a positive view because they don't understand it. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dre Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. It's a late season harvest. Yeah. And that's is. a tease. That is. We didn't kill anything. You're Tim Chelsvik. You're Matt Drury. And uh, together, we, we, we make wore, one hell of a team, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Never has so much been done in the outdoor industry with so little. Yes. Here we are. Or so little done with so much. Well, yeah, it kind of depends on your perspective. Right. The good news is we're not coordinated this morning in terms of what we're wearing. No, well. That so, was a close call. So we walked. I walked into the office this morning, and uh, I look at Tim. Tim looks at I me. I looked at you. And we have the same uh, DOD fleece on and i just said this did we just become best friends yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so. we're twins so tim changed <laughs> it's it's a little hard when you have a great catalog of stuff to order from the new dod gear is pretty sweet but we also we all, look like we're part of the borg yeah that's right like jake in here in the office he was wearing it today we mm-hmm. thought about just the three of us sitting next to each other side by side if we if it wasn't for coronavirus we would we totally, totally yeah that's right <laughs> so, maybe next year that's right <laughs> so uh, so uh, we titled this this episode a late season harvest because we have a special guest on with us today we yeah. do. He's a good, dear friend of ours at oh, uh, Drury Outdoors. The puns just don't stop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I could go on and on. Let's not. He's a good friend of ours. We have Mr. Jim Libator, the president and CEO of Outdoor Sportsman's Group, but we have him here on a bit of a personal uh, crusade. He's right got now. a little side project. Jim, right. how's it going, buddy? Hey, it's going great. I like the word crusade. That's a great That's a great word. Thank I, you. I think it fits uh, what we're trying to do here. And I say we because it's it's something that, that you and your wife have spearheaded. And uh, it's, it's very personal to you. But um, a few of us on the inside of the industry have had an opportunity to try to help out in, in certain ways to get the message out here. And I think what we're doing here today is, is another one of those opportunities. So why don't you take us through uh, what exactly we keep teasing with this harvest here? Yeah. You know, maybe I'll start with why first, because I came into this industry um, to build a media company. I hadn't hunted. I didn't own guns. And I come from, you know, the stick and ball world with uh, regional sports networks. I was at Speed Channel where it was NASCAR and F1. And um, but I was always in the media business. I came into this business and learned two things very quickly. One, uh, how the numbers were dropped. The numbers of hunters were dropping. It was a big problem. It's something that's very concerning to the industry. But <clears throat> what really happened is I fell in love with the lifestyle because I never understood it. Um, you know, not only conservation, game management, land management, but also uh, the campfire and family ties, which is not in, no more perfectly uh, depicted than the Drury's. But it's being out with your family, out in nature. And uh, I, I was 
really started uh, thinking, how can this story be told? Because I don't only think it's beautiful, quite frankly, I think it's incredibly important to this country to understand and participate in the outdoors and the outdoor lifestyle. So uh, one of the things I noticed the industry was not doing was reaching out to who I call the hunting agnostic uh, people who aren't really for it against it. They just don't know about it. So we uh, wrote a script for a film uh, called The Harvest, which is really, I think, the first ever film to celebrate and explain the hunting lifestyle uh, in a way that people are going to you know, be blown away. Um, in reading the script, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, is that true what you said about those taxes paying for parks? Is, is that true? I thought people could shoot an animal and just leave it out in the woods. You know, there is a, a high degree of ignorance. So we're looking to educate really tens of millions of people on the hunting lifestyle and why it's important for this country. And God knows now more than ever, I think people would appreciate that. Well, and we've seen, you know, in the spring, obviously, when the shutdown started to happen, I mean, the, the turkey license sales just skyrocketed. People yep. got outdoors. When when all the other things go away, when all the other distractions, and, they, you know, they're not all bad distractions, you no. know, when you have youth sports and, you know, and you have uh, entertainment and music and, you know, uh, uh, professional sports, there's just a lot of things that the family can go do now. And mm -hmm. it used to not be that way. Even 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it just wasn't to this degree. And uh, I think... You know, as, as all that starts getting shut down and people have this realization and even having trouble even just going to the grocery store and picking up common things that they're accustomed to getting, right. all of a sudden it's like, you know what, like maybe, maybe I – something to this. Yeah, maybe hunting isn't as bad as I thought it was and, and I need to understand it a little bit more. So I think your timing, you know, this – your timing, it's not like you just started this project. It's been years in the making and it's just yeah. kind of this perfect uh, – confluence here mm -hmm. right at a, a perfect time to go share this message and try to get people behind it and, and help uh, bring it to the masses. So take, take us through what the next step looks like and what exactly it is that you're doing with this script that yeah. you guys wrote. Yeah. And, and first, let me just say too, because you do have the, the self-reliance, the food in my freezer, uh, getting outdoors, being with my family, all highlighted with COVID. But the other thing that really is true is that if imagine a 14 year old boy or girl who can hunt, who can handle a, a firearm or a bow responsibly, can hunt, harvest, cook, eat their own food, that there, there's a confidence that comes with that, that that kid's not going to be burning buildings down in Seattle. You yeah. know, I mean, that's why this is important. But where we are now, we have an investor for the um, production of the film. So we are now looking for a director, which then we will start to look for actors. We hope to be in pre-production by February. We're also crowdsourcing this. My, my dream is that there will be tens of thousands of hunters who participate in our crowdsourcing effort so that this truly can be known as a film made by the hunting community. Uh, Theharvestmovie.com is where you can go. You don't have to donate, you can just participate um, or donate. And what that money is going to go to do is put us in theaters. Uh, it's about $5,000 a theater. We want to be in a thousand theaters. So honestly, we'd like to raise 5 million more dollars, which I think we'll be able to do uh, from some private investment once we have the directors and the actors. But I would love the hunting community to help us get this film into more and more theaters, knowing that when we start to have money coming in, 
we have all sorts of conservation, pro-hunting, and pro-education um, efforts that we would be participating with and use the money to help fund some of those. So at, up to this point, how has the crowdsourcing been going, the crowdfunding been going? Like, what, where, where are you guys at to this point? Yeah, you know, normally what happens is there's a crowdsourcing uh, uh, site that's launched that has a, a life cycle of three months. We're not doing that. We created our own. We white labeled this thing. This crowdsourcing is going to go on throughout 21. And why that's important is, one, we want as many hunters to know about this film as possible. We did research of 6,500 hunters, um, somewhere between six and nine out of 10 said they would want to go to the film and see the film. 86% of hunters connect their hunting with faith. And this is a Christian family film. Uh, and 70% uh, said that uh, this film needs to be made. And 60% uh, said now more than ever. So the hunting community, we need to get them behind it. Uh, right now, we've got about $290,000 raised. Like I said, we have a, a true goal of raising $5 million, but we're only going to try to get $2.5 million of that from crowdsourcing. But right now, when you don't have a director and you don't have actors, we have a, a country music uh, star that's we're negotiating right now to get involved. I think once people see it's real, they hear from the actors, they hear from the director, they hear from this country music star, and this is really starting to roll um, that's when we're going to start spending more money uh, to, to get the, the crowdsourcing page out there. One of the interesting things about this, you know, so so when, you know, I think we talked at SHOT Show about it. And this, like I said, this has been years in the making. You've been working on this. But you had a kind of a, a trailer, which we're going to show here on the podcast as well. You had a trailer that you showed at the SHOT Show in this kind of a private uh, meeting that we had. And... Um, you know, one of the asks was some of the influencers in our industry, if you, if we could help get the word out and start kind of sharing the message. And I think resoundingly across the board, anytime someone shared it to their audience, it was one of the most viewed things or one of the most engaged pieces of content they had on their feed all year, myself included, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and jury outdoors included. And it's just, it, it seems to be striking accord with yep. people uh what when you guys finish the trailer and when you start showing it to people what's the response that you've been getting internally and and honestly people cry i'm not i'm not i'm not making that up you know because there's i think there's a lot of things it's a father and son and and you'll see that in the trailer but i think what people understand is how important this is and and it's like anything look in this country right now lots of really good things are coming under attack and hunting is one of those things that honestly, once you understand it, whether you personally would want to kill an animal or not is, is not the point. You cannot come up with one negative thing about hunting. However, uh, probably about 85% of the country doesn't understand it, probably has a little bit more of a negative view than a positive view because they don't understand it. That's why I think people react the way they do and they see themselves out um, hunting. The scene between the father and son, I think almost every father has heard the son say exactly what he says in the clip that you're about to see. But it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful lifestyle that we so desperately need. And, um, and, you know, ever since Bambi, let's face it, you know, things have been going in the wrong direction. And I, I can't think of any other effort by the industry 
to reach outside the industry and educate the uneducated. Like when we're talking about conservation and game and land management, those are great. People think, wow, that's nice. But when you start showing the family aspects of, of hunting, and you start showing the beauty of hunting, I think that's when people are going to say, wow, this is something that I, I, I think I would want to get involved in. Well, we, we've teased the trailer. Why don't we yeah. let, let, let folks see it? Because I think they'll, they'll get a better sense for what All we're right. talking about. Hit that beautiful footage. show you something. Worst hunt ever, huh? You know the story behind this hat? Yeah. Keep God top of mind while you hunt. That's right. Top of mind. You know, hunting means different things to different people. It's what you want it to mean that matters. Huh? Well, I pray harvesting an animal is not the measure of a successful hunt for you, because that may or may not happen. But it's far from defining a successful hunt. We sat out here for five hours and saw nothing. You saw nothing? Let me tell you what I saw. I saw an amazing sunrise and an endless horizon that today was all ours. I saw a father-son bond growing to a man-to-man bond. I saw beauty, endless beauty. 
Dave, if we listen with our eyes, we hear God's voice all the time. Today I heard him say, I love you. Now, doesn't that sound like we had a successful hunt? I think it was divine inspiration I picked today to give you this. This is what life is like. You keeping God top of mind and finding the joy, meaning, and importance of each moment because those moments make your life. And those moments pass in a flash. Take this advice and you will become the man you want to be. The man God wants you to be. It's 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 artful. Like it's it's so nice to see the hunting lifestyle, this, this subculture we have portrayed in such a positive light. I, Jim, I don't know if, if you maybe saw a movie that was released a couple years ago called The Legacy of a Whitetail Hunter with Josh. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, dude. Josh Brolin. I, I I watched it because I was like, I need to know what how Hollywood is portraying us. They, Netflix reached out to me and asked me to watch and then promote it ahead oh. of. I got a pre screener of it, and I I replied back and said, No, I I'm gonna pass. I can't do it. It was that bad. Yeah. And then you know I I showed my wife, and we're just it's a joke. And mm -hmm. even just the other day, we I was flipping through the channels, and um, you know the Will. Farrell movie, Mark Wahlberg movie, Daddy's Home. Yeah, yeah. There's a second Daddy's Home too. Yeah. Well, they go on a turkey. It's Christmas movie, and and so that's why it was on the other day. And they go out on a turkey hunt. The two grandpas, Mel Gibson, John Lithgow, and the wife and the the daughter is she's got a lust for you know bloodlust almost. And they're turkey hunting at Christmas, and <laughs> the turkey's walking right to them. And she decides, you know, she gets scared. She shoots. She she hits the grandpa, and then she picks the gun back up and basically walks right to the turkey and shoots twice and and kills the turkey. And it was it was horrible. I literally, and I'm not this way. Like like kids look away. I, li I li literally looked at the kids. I said, "Now nah, you guys both know that's not how we hunt. That's yeah. not how you hold a gun. That's not how it really happens." And and you have to almost they, undo the damage. Yeah, I'm like, all right, mentally. this is not real. This is they're just this is all for jokes and laughs, and this is not real. But it's just like what a horrible portrayal. And and, and the reason I bring that up is that that that's. Those messages are out there, and until we get a, a proactive message like the harvest coming out, that sits with people, and they just accept it passively, yeah. or 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 maybe not. And 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 I I don't know the hearts of behind the filmmakers that made the legacy of the whitetail hunter, but I can tell you it's a net negative for us. Oh, and unless 100%. we're out there actively engaging the, the public. They're drinking. They're shooting bottles. They're littering. They're. I mean, they're. Yeah, the, the kid. The, the the kid in the film uh, is smoking and looking at naked pictures of his buddy having sex with women 
They are breaking bottles. They're driving uh, ATVs with no helmet. The wor- Not the worst part, but remember at the end, when the kid's about to shoot the deer and the deer starts to move and he says, I'm not going to shoot him. And uh, the father says, shoot him, shoot him. So he shoots at a running deer and ends up shooting the uh, photographer. Yeah, I, I mean, it is also, but that's not teaching people about what they think hunting is. That's confirming to people what yeah. they think hunting yeah. is about. And if the hunting industry, look, it, 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 it's on us. I mean, the truth is, is it really is on us to be telling this story to a larger audience. Because like I said, once they hear it and you explain it to them, it makes perfect sense. And it's a beautiful lifestyle. That's what that's look, this film is first and foremost, a movie about God and family, but the hunting story is the basis of the entire uh, script. So it teaches that all in there. Why don't you kind of uh, dig into the, the God and family portion of it and, and just kind of talk about your research with prior, you know, Christian related films and kind of going down that path and, and uh, your driving force behind that. Yeah, the the like I said, the eighty six percent of hunters connect their faith with hunting. But why I was so attracted to it, I I hate to admit this, but I would be at an F one race or a, the NASCAR race. I was at the Daytona five hundred at the stop start line, and I couldn't wait to get out. You know, I'm like, this is so boring to me. You know, every and I know people that's like sacrilege, but when I got into this, truly for me as a Christian, the thing I loved about it is the hunting DNA and the Christian DNA are very very much commingled doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a Christian to hunt. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, you know, outdoors, family, conservation, leaving a place better than you found it. Those are all hunting principles, but those were all Christian principles first. So that is the story is about a family that moves from a small town to New York City. Their lifestyle comes under attack, which means they have to explain it, which is that that part of the story. But the family starts to fall apart and uh, the 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 dad realizes that he never had the faith that he he thought that he once had. And there's redemption and tragedy. There's a lot of great things in the film. But that is uh, really what's beautiful about this is, uh, you know, I tell the story when I, I got into the industry, I had dinner with uh, Waddell on Friday and uh, um, Will Primos on Saturday. And both of those guys asked if they could pray before we eat. And that was the first two times in my career I've ever had somebody ask if they could pray before they would they could eat, you know. And I do think that is part of the story that makes this lifestyle so amazing. So uh, yeah, that is a big. That is what really it's a it's a Christian family film. And if you look at Christian films, War Room, Fireproof, Courageous, all these films that connect with that audience do do huge huge numbers. So that's why I believe. This can educate millions of people. And remember, in VOD world, this will live for decades. So whenever a hunter is having a conversation with a non-hunter uh, debating it, they can always go to this movie that will explain it uh, in, in what I think is a really powerful and beautiful way. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're taking so many steps to ensure that it is done well and done with dignity. As a Christian myself, I've seen no shortage of, especially in the the nineties when the VHS craze was hitting all kinds of crappy 
Christian themed. I mean, the heart was in the right place, but the production value was terrible, mm-hmm. which which can do more harm than good. Ultimately, like it doesn't you matter. Want it to be cheesy. Yeah, exactly. There's no shortage of cheesy stuff, and so I'm I'm so excited about having some like like Fireproof and Courageous. Those were all those were all great movies that we could be proud of as a Christian community because they portray the actual heart of the faith and do it you know in a way that that matters to people i mean production quality anymore has to be high yeah. for people to even give it a passing glance think about it anything they watch on even network tv is high quality content you just right. the production values are all over the place right. you, you can't not see it you know so well think about in this film so people know it's great that you're bringing this up. My first two hunting converts was a guy named Simon Sword, who was one of the producers of I Can Only Imagine, who's working with us on this. And a guy named Michael Flaherty, who was responsible for Walden Studios and all the line, the witch in the wardrobe, that whole C.S. Lewis series. These guys are in. Now, they tried to change the script uh, and they did some things to it that I, you know, are are comical almost. But they stayed in after, you know, because they get the hunting aspect of this, you know, and that was really cool because when one of them completely butchered the script, I said, look, I said, I thought it was a total God shot when you got involved. Now I know it's a total God shot. So I'm going to have to fire you, you know, because (laughs) they, you know, they were so far off on the hunting story. And he, he said, no, he goes, I want to stay in. I love this project because they, frankly see that as a first ever film celebrating the hunting lifestyle to somewhere around 15 million hunters when we have like the Drury's and all sorts we got over 100 organizations working with us promoting this for a year you know like what we will do is have a mat on set you know we're going to have a range day for the crew where they're going to both bow and gun imagine all the footage in the film and we have a whole crew shooting for the first time learning the hunting lifestyle and the drawers will be there for video. We're going to have a year to promote this. Uh, I, I think it, I mean, you know, this is like I said, it's a God thing. I think this is going to be the largest grossing Christian uh, nonfiction film that's ever been made because of that combination of the hunters and the Christian audience. And we have quality people involved. Yeah. And I, I could see there's two main challenges of making sure that the faith aspect is handled with uh, dignity and uh, an import that it deserves. And then you've also got a bunch of hunters who are watching it looking for, well, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the safety's not on or just all the little things that we look for whenever we watch hunting. So like, like as an angler, I watch the when they're fishing in the movies or something, they're spinning reels upside down or something. Mm-hmm. It just kind of is a turnoff. Well, so. yeah, that's it's interesting you say that because next to Christians, hunters are the most judgmental people <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and Guilty. In- the, in the clip that you you're, you that we just showed, that was a one day one camera shoot. That's is a scene in the movie, but that's not the scene in the movie. We hired local talent. Uh, we shot it at a at a friend of a friend's blind. It was it was just a proof of concept. In that scene, the, we use the camo that we have. All right, we didn't go out and buy you know wardrobe. And the guy has a wildfowl camel jacket on in a in a stand for um, a whitetail stand. And I, I've had more comments like, well, that that camel's not right. That camel's not right. I'm like, OK, no I get it. So just so everybody knows and they don't flood the Drury's with emails, we know that the camo is not right. I just am saying that. Up front. You know, and and 
you know, the, in the back end of this thing. So you guys, you've hired a, uh, uh, a group from within our industry to help you with, uh, the media side and getting like, I feel good about the pieces of the puzzle that you're putting together to help ensure that the hunting side's portrayed correctly, you know? So yeah, it, it's, it will be, we can't take that. It will be, it'll be perfect. Trust me. You know, and, and, and Michael Waddell's involved that, like you said, there's a hundred different organizations. There's so many, there's so many organizations from inside the industry that you know i i can only assume that there's going to be some some ability to not proof the the before it's done but i'm saying like help you know ensure along the way all, all, yeah, everything yeah, is authentic. Every, every scene will have someone's eyes on it who is considered authentic in the industry and you know and and i want to say one other thing too is that yes we have over a hundred organizations helping us but there are still hundreds that are not and um, one of the struggles in this industry, I think, is there's a there's a skepticism, you know, that runs. I remember telling somebody, uh, look, I'm going to get the industry together and we're going to tell this beautiful hunting story. And this was a high profile person in the industry was like, yeah, good luck with that. And I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, this industry never gets together on anything. So we do have 100. I think once we get actors and directors, more will come. But I do want to say that there is probably a handful of 10 or less who are in from the beginning and the Drury's are, are one such group. And, and that's one of the exciting things for me is to be able that I think one of the issues in the hunting industry, in my personal opinion, as an outsider coming in seven years ago, the industry has a lot of people who I think consider themselves leaders but who really don't lead, right? So what that means is they're not leading and they're not following. Um, but you then do have enough that are true leaders concerned about the industry, concerned about the future of the industry. And I'm just I'm not blowing smoke. The Drury's um, Taylor, who's in the video that we uh, use. Well, actually, Matt and Terry, all you guys are. Um, but the, the Drury's are are the real deal in past, present and future of, uh, of this sport. And this sport needs. If, if this sport had, if every industry uh, uh, leader was like the Drury's or also say uh, Buck Ventures is one, uh, Toxie Hayes is one, uh, this industry would be double its size. There's, there's no question because the story of who you are talking to people watching, that's what this country needs, but it's what this country wants. And if somehow this industry could get together to reach the uneducated in, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying support my film. I'm saying other issues. This industry would explode because it's all good and it's what the country needs. So that's kind of been my soapbox for a long time. Um, and very few guys jumped on early and the Drury's were certainly one of them. Well, the, the industry, you know, there's so many positive attributes to it, but in the same token, there's a lot of ego that gets involved and, Tim and uh you know it's one of those things where you just got to get out of your own way sometimes and and you know look look kind of step back and see the forest through the trees and say there's a greater good here and you know the way things are going and that that's, everybody knows that's in the know that numbers are in the decline in rapid ways so how do we help kind of re reverse the curse so to speak mm -hmm. and, yeah. and and many people say it's not possible just between you know the, what's happening with land what's happening with you know the the kind of uh youth sports and and just not 
you don't have that next generation kind of joining the ranks, sure. uh, th- there's, there's a real issue at hand. So how do you, you know, not just because it's our business, but how do you, because it's what's right, how do you fix it or try to, uh, you know, shift this into a new, into a new lane, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what I love about this project is here's somebody that was an outsider that's now an insider and he's, he's, you know, kind of putting his money where his mouth is and saying, hey, I think yeah. there, here's something that this isn't the answer per se, but it's a start. And it's a conversation starter. It's a, how do we get people to even open their minds to saying, Hey, you know what? Hunting isn't bad. These aren't just, you know, rednecks, you know, drinking beer and, and, you know, shooting animals out, out of their Each truck other. And at night. And yeah, you know, there's much more to it. And for most hunters that there is much more to it. So, um, that's a message that we can get behind a jury outdoors. And we're thankful that Jim gave us the opportunity to, to support and, and help sh- spread the message in, in any way we can do it. Yeah, and think about this. It's it's like it's interesting what you said about the goals of the film. The goal is first and foremost to have millions of people understand hunting. That's the first step. Oh my gosh, I never knew this. I never knew that. So when they're reading articles about how the Wisconsin parks are having budget deficits, oh well, that's because less people are hunting, you know. Or they'll have a, an an issue in Colorado where they wanted to actually they did they voted to let uh, Canadian wolves into the front range. You know, when people understand how that decimates the huntable population and how that affects parks, you know, then there's a different view on that. But then maybe when their kid says, hey, I want to go hunting, they'll say, you know what? Okay, great. You know, or who's the guy who hasn't hunted in five years, 10 years? I got to get back out there. That's that's great. You know, there's a lot of ways that this can have a positive impact. The other thing we want to do with the proceeds is put a shingle out that says if you have a pro hunting project, be it a film, a television show, a book, I don't care what it is, come to us and we will consider investing in that. This is not going to be the only whack at the tree. We're hoping this is the first that's going to start uh, a trend um, because because I just imagine a world without honey, you know, um, you know, it's it would be it would be a problem. Well, our friend, our friend, you mentioned that kind of ripple effect. Our friends at Catch a Dream, that's been their kind of slogan from the, the get-go. You know, it's a, it's a ripple effect. So Marty, Dr. Marty Brunson, who's, you know, the, the head head guy over there at Catch a Dream and has been a partner of ours for 15 years probably now, it's, it's always been about the ripple effect. Can you sh- spread the message? Can you share something about this message that then even if it's a little grain of salt that, that gets put into somebody's mind that says, you know what? Okay. You know what? I saw this one time. I, I, I need to spread this message or I need to get involved or It's that ripple effect that you just can't underestimate and yeah. catch a dream. I mean, they've raised millions of dollars to, to, to help these kids that are, you know, obviously battling some, some life threatening illnesses. And it was all about a ripple effect. And so I think this can be the same thing. Well, and think about, you know, it, we, we have history. Uh, a river runs through it who was not created by fly fishing men or the fly fishing industry had a 60% participation increase the year after it came out and another 60% in the second year. So it had over 120% increase in the two years after the film came out. Now, there was no one in that project that was interested in catching those people and propagating fly fishing on. This is different. Let's say we have 10 percent 
you know, who want to participate who didn't before. That that's a, a that's a huge huge increase. But we'll also have an industry that can use clips, can use the story, can use all these things to keep trying to reach out to the to the uneducated. I truly believe too in this industry. It has unbelievable people, but if this is successful and we can prove, then people are like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. No one wants to really give it a shot first, but if we're successful, which I know we're going to be, then I think it can change some attitudes inside the industry too. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I hate motivating people by fear, but I, I think sometimes it's important to, to, to be a realist about this situation. And I think there are people in our country that are actively working to erode our our way of life, our, our founding principles, and one of the one of the ways that they are doing that is by trying to erode our rights to our uh, our firearms, and then the privileges that we have to hunt, and and unless we're doing something actively to make sure we're putting a winsome message out there about this way of life, it's hunting is a is a cultural bulwark against a lot of those forces that want to erode not only just our rights to hunt or our privileges to hunt, I should say, but also uh, the, the, the founding principles of this country. And if you think things are changing now, if, if hunting goes away, if it's significantly cur- curtailed, I think there's going to be uh, an, like uh, an increase in terms of the speed at which our other rights are starting to be questioned on the chopping block. So I, I think there's a bigger play here, and I think the more our country honors God, the more our country is blessed. And and so whether that's via principle or whether that's via actual fo- actually following God's uh, principles and stuff out of the Bible, all those things make a difference for our cultural health and our rights. The much yeah. bigger play. Yeah, and that's hunting. that's where it's just it's just interesting how things are, are are changing and what when you explain to people, yeah, Ducks Unlimited has bought seven point nine million acres of land. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation has bought this land, and the elk population has gone from fourteen thousand to whatever it is. And you explain what Dallas Safari, you explain what these organizations are doing. And people are like, I had I had absolutely no idea that any of that was happening. But that argument, what you just said, is so true. It has to happen because these people will vote on things. These people will stand up water cooler conversations, whatever it is. We need to change it. And that's what that I really believe that's what this is going to do. And Tim, what you said is true. Anytime we can create, you know, we're the created who are out enjoying creation with our creator. I mean, that's a combination that's nothing but good, you know, and, and that's what that's the story we're going to tell with this film. And um, I would love it if every hunter I just, you know, would get involved because then what happens is Variety magazine. We tell the world, the, the, the people who are against us, hey, the, the hunting community is stepping up to tell you about this beautiful lifestyle, you know, and then. There's extras where we'll explain what these conservation, there's just a lot of education that's going to go on inside this film. We control the narrative. Like if we don't control it, someone else will. And for a long time, others have. And yeah, the legacy of a white tail hunter, for example. That's right. Ugh, no. Don't watch that movie. <laughs> All right. So before we uh, depart here. Speaking of important and yeah. artful, and yeah. <laughs> how about we hop into the wildlife word? Woo! 
Yay! Brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the comprehensive Sent Away lineup. So, uh, so this week's wildlife word is foundering. Foundering is a non-lethal condition where deer hooves grow too long and actually look like elf shoes. They're that long and they curl up. What's it caused by? Is it caused by A, too little water, B, too many carbs, C, a fighting injury, or being birthed in the mouth of a cave? <laughs> Jim, the guest always gets wow. to go first. <laughs> too Actually, little- I think I think I have that condition on my toes right now since the uh, since the we've been locked down. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so it's too too little water, and what was too many carbs? And yep, fighting injuries. Those are really the. Only I, I got to go with the water. That that's I I would vote the water. Okay, on dehydrated. That. Yeah, I I, yeah. I I don't know. I'm gonna go with. I think about hoof rot, and that's because it's usually a wet, you know, like winter, and there's an infection in the hoof, and it gets, you know, there's some sort of cut on the hoof, and mm-hmm. it gets infected, and that's kind of the opposite of what's, because that, that makes it kind of expand in a kind of a bloated like a shell. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I'm going to go with A, because fighting injuries doesn't really make sense to me. Okay. It's actually too many carbs. Yes. <laughs> See, that's I was gonna say. I feel like in the the holiday season that I am foundering. Yeah. <laughs> what what what's I thought a deer's diet was pretty. Uh, well, what is he doing? Is he is he like eating a lot of bread or what's happening? <laughs> right. They they break into a little bunny store and they eat too much white bread. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is oftentimes seen where deer eat too much corn. Especially in like well, like in states where people are feeding deer, yeah. uh, they get too many carbs, and their the the their hooves grow the, the hoof growth outpaces the need, and so if if you look at these online, they straight up look like elf shoes, like the old Danish like wooden yeah. shoes that curl up. Huh. It's from too many carbs. Now you know, Jim. Wow, that is that's good to know. Well, right, when maybe I that's had what's you, going on with me. When I yeah. contacted you about coming on the podcast, I bet you never in a million years thought that you have this little nugget of information that you'd be able to walk away with today. Yeah, and I'll be able to show my daughter. I'm gonna say, look, these are elf shoes on this deer right here. It's good for the. It's a good holiday question That's right. too. Jim's gonna to try to work it into a conversation this week. Just <laughs> oh, yeah. To, like, yeah, you gotta be careful about that foundering. What's that, yeah, Jim? Don't, well, don't feed him corn. Don't feed him corn. <laughs> well, Jim, before we uh, depart, do you have any kind of parting shots for us uh, or the audience that you want to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, first I would say, you know, go to theharvestmovie.com. You can check it out. We have videos, have all sorts of videos. The other thing on theharvestmovie.com, which I think is the most important part, is we have a prayer team. And right now we have about 200 people on the prayer team praying for this project. And uh, I hope even if you don't go further than this, the one thing I would really ask is hunters need to be evangelical in with hunting. You know, we need to be out there. You need to make a point. Maybe tell yourself that once a week, once a month, you're going to share the hunting lifestyle or story with somebody because minds change like that. You know, I, I had a, a, a woman who once said, you know, you will never tell me anything about hunting lions that that is going to make me think it's okay you know and two minutes later when we talked about what it's doing to the population in africa and how if we don't hunt them they will wipe them out you know the mind was changed especially with whitetail you see them on the side of the road we we have to be evangelical i mean and we owe it to ourselves and the one thing i would say is we can't live in a country anymore we say well i i get i get to hunt 
you know, I'm not going to worry about what else happens. Things are changing. You know, we all can feel it, I think, and uh, we need to protect this. So theharvestmovie.com, uh, to summarize, the juries are great. Theharvestmovie.com, go and uh, participate and let's do everything we can to really not just save it, but have this lifestyle explode. Um, that is what we're trying to do. Sounds great. great. Please yep. pray for uh, pray for the project, too, if you're so inclined. I think it's a great message to end on. I would like to ask our audience to share the podcast, subscribe, like it, and uh, let your friends know, family know about about the project. Show them the trailer from from the, mm. the video here. And uh, I think you know this the time of year the the time of the year that we're in right now, the, the kind of the the holiday season, Christmas. What it really means, not just about the giving of gifts, but the true meaning behind it. I think it's a great message, and the timing's pretty pretty great as well. So uh, just hope that everybody Everybody can uh, share the message for us and get the word out there. That's right. We'll yeah, like Merry Christmas, everybody. That's right. Merry Christmas, Jim. Yeah. All right. Till next right, time. Thanks, guys. All I right. really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you, Jim. All right, yeah, everybody. Till next time. Peace out. Ho, ho, ho. Every hunt starts with a game plan, like knowing when and what to plant. So get DeerCast and get ahead of your game.